Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. of that's what people do we do apologize for taking a week off last week but both of us are now employed again yes. let's see how long that lasts for uh, as always i'm james and i've got ryan with me yeah yeah we're here it's late it's dark this is that's what people do nights <laughs> it is currently seven minutes past 11 at night on a thursday mm. um and this and, and, and episodes always go out on a friday traditionally yeah, so this episode might be a bit ASMR-y. We might be keeping it hush-hush because we have people in our houses sleeping. Yeah, I mean, if you like the ASMR bit, just let us know. We can do an ASMR episode. Yeah, I'll, we'll just eat, like, eat some crisps and like then crackle the wrapper and stuff. And then we'll... But yeah, this could be a nice relaxing episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it, like, I've, I've had a couple of people um, message me about the pod. And they said, oh, I've been listening to your podcast like, while I'm in bed asleep, like to go to sleep. And uh, we've been complimented on apparently how like um, easy our voices are to listen to. That's really nice. I'm glad that we're so boring that people are going <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> yeah, we've got good faces for audio, it seems. Yeah. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. A listen's a listen, even if you are dead to the world. So, yay. Brilliant. I like the idea of someone just dead and we're being played on loop. <laughs> talking about serial killers and the holocaust and various we, things we were that boring that they killed themselves but they left it on repeat so we're still getting the listens so i don't care yeah as long as we're getting the listens you do what you want god this got dark real quick <laughs> talking of getting dark real quick that is who we're going to be talking about this week you probably i did put it on the socials so you probably know uh this week we're going to be talking about the man himself the big don al capone the big man in charge probably the most famous gangster of all time I dare say. Um, yeah. Uh, Maybe him and um, what's his face from uh, Christ? What's his name? Brilliant. Yeah. I, 
Joe, you know Pe- Joe, Joe Pesci isn't actually a gangster. He's just an actor, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's an actor. Who am I on about? What's his face? Fucking... Oh, Escobar. Who do it? Oh, Pablo Escobar. Yeah, no, but he's a different type of gangster. He's a drug dealer. He's a drug kingpin. That's different. Yeah. These guys are yeah, mobsters. Yeah, these are mobsters. We're talking Although about did, the mob. They did specialise in, 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 a, in a substance, an imported substance, but Ooh, we'll get onto that. Interesting. I like it. Um, we quickly talk about Joe Pesci because he's like famous for being the hardest man in gangster films, even though he's tiny and... I reckon he's probably really nice in real life as well. Apparently, there's this, and I'm not sure how true this is, but if it is true, I think it's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Apparently, Joe Pesci was like at an airport, and a kid came up to him and kind of like recognised him and was like, "Oh my god, like are you Joe Pesci?" He's like, "Yeah." And then he wanted a picture with him, and then he was like, um, "Joe Pesci." And then I said to him, "Who's your favourite actor?" And he was like, um, "You are." And he went, "Good kid," and then gave him like a hundred dollars. No way. Apparently, I don't know if that's true. I've just made it up. But Joe Pesci, you're also our favourite actor. Brilliant, isn't it? Give me money. <laughs> no way. That's that's cool. It's like him, Robert De Niro. Um, who's the other one? What the fuck's his name? His face looks like a slapped ass. He was in Gangster <laughs> Squad. Always fucking moody. Uh, he was the bad guy in Gangster Squad. Oh, you're Squad. talking about What's Sean Penn? That's the one. He's fucking, yeah, he's very gangstery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get um, Pacino as well, obviously. Yeah, Al Pacino, he's famous for it, of course. Yeah. It's all, they all just come over. It's like, Marlon Brando. You've got the actual mob. Yeah, yeah, you've got the actual, like, Italian mob. And then you've got the Italian actor mob. Yes. <laughs> um, how, and they just, they've just made a career of it. How are you with um, gangster films? Because I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen too many. I quite like them. I do quite like them. If they're done well, some of them are awful. But if they're done well, I do enjoy them. Mm. No, I need to. I need to watch some more gangster films. I've seen Goodfellas, and that was great, but I've never seen Scarface, and I've never seen Godfather. Well, they're just the classics, aren't they? Mm. They're just the classics. Godfather, you've got to commit to. Like people say, it's the best film of all time. I'd, I'd throw a question mark in there, but it, it's good. Yeah, it's what it's one to watch before you die for sure. All right. Well, hopefully, we've got loads of time. Maybe you never know. It's twenty twenty. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, forget. It is a dumpster fire of a year. Yeah. Right. So. Al Capone was born on January 17th, 1899. He was the fourth of nine children and he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. His parents emigrated from Naples in Italy in 1893. Didn't they all? Yeah, it's just, I think, I'm, I'm not sure what the history is on it, but I think there was like a mass immigration of Italians to... Yeah, a lot, of, a lot, a the, lot from uh, Sicily. Yeah, so the Sicilian mob's really bad, aren't they? Oh, Christ. Obviously, no, in fact, we, we don't want to get into any fights here. The Sicilian mob are lovely people. <laughs> yes. And we support them in all their endeavours. Yes, the Sicilian police force just made it up. Yeah, we don't want to... We're, we're with you, mob. We don't want any scraps here. So, he had a fairly normal upbringing, but um, apparently he was quite an aggressive child, which... Uh, yeah, probably. That makes sense. And he... Dr- he dropped out of the school at age of 14 after he hit a teacher. Wow, okay. Well, in, in nowadays, if you hit a teacher, you just get put in detention um, for like a week. Yeah, and they're not allowed to hit you back. Uh, yeah. So oh, go on, kids. Oh, kids fucking love bringing that up. You can't hit me. <laughs> it's like that Family Guy sketch. Let's go push the, push the janitor and know he can't legally push us back. <laughs> yeah, kids are so fucking smart, man. Like, well, they're not. They think they're smart, and they're actually dickheads. And they're like, oh, you can't touch me. Yeah, don't don't hit your teachers. Yeah, don't, they're, they're, yeah. 
They're nice people. Put like oh, well, put, pop, put crickets pop. in their desk or something. That's funny, but don't hit them. Yeah, do something where they'll be like, "Haha, that was a good joke, class." Yeah, but and do it, yeah. do it in your final year. That was always like the tradition. You had to like pull a prank on your teacher in the final year before you leave, and that's where we got like the, the, yeah. um, uh, crickets in the desk. It was like one of those that had happened in my year. We never were that imaginative. I don't. Brilliant. Know. <laughs> So, after the dropping out at the age of 14, he went on to gain employment in various lines of work. He worked in a candy shop for a little bit as a clerk, which I found really funny. The fact that this man's going to go on be- to become one of the most notorious gangsters in the world. And he sold sweets to other people. Uh, he can tell his difference between like what is a rhubarb and custard and what's not. Rhubarb and custards are great. They're top tier. I don't think they don't even sell them anymore. They, they do, but they're in, like they're quite niche, aren't uh, they? You can get them in like um, Mr. Sims' old sweet shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old sweet shops. Oh, I love them. Mm. So good. Pear drops as well. Oh. I, I just I love the idea of Al Capone with like um, a, a, a penny round his waist as he's just mm. weighing out some sweets for you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> just really aggressively. It happens. <laughs> be like, can, sorry, can I just have a, a, a little bit more? What fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So throwing them at you as well. He was also worked at a bowling alley as a pin attendant, which I'm assuming before the mechanisms were brought in, he put the pins down, oh, I guess. Did mm, That would make sense. Yeah, because then they have like pins on string. Or is that a now thing? I, I don't know. I, the, the pins nowadays are on that fucking... Like, it's not a claw, but you know what I mean. The, the thing that grabs them. Oh, yeah. Either way, I, I like that. Again, again the... another job that I I would quite like to see Al Capone just like hunched over, like in the back of the alley, dodging bowling balls and then having to put the pins back. I like that. Mm. He did some proper menial work and he was also a labourer in an ammunition plant. Now that is a cool job. Yeah, so in that, he was born in 1899. He would have been about, he would have been doing this in World War One. Ooh, cool. Well, I suppose in America, though, yeah. it, was, it took them a little while to sort of get their act together. Yeah, you didn't save anyone. <laughs> so, mm. this is nighttime, Ryan. We can say what. Yeah, we no want. one's listening. <laughs> no, people might listen in the morning, but for us, it's nighttime. <laughs> it's past the watershed. Right, you can say what we like. Uh, you, America, you came in too late. Although, I suppose if you are to look from it from an actual historical point of view, you did help out quite a lot. Yeah, why yeah. not? Why not? We'll give you that. You need all you can get at the minute, can't don't you, man? Brilliant. <laughs> you got an election coming up. Yeah, good luck. Choose wisely. So, all whilst doing this, he was a member of two gangs, which is quite fascinating because I didn't think you were allowed to be a member of two gangs. But he was a member of two gangs called South Brooklyn Rippers and Forty Thieves Juniors, which were two youth gangs that would like go around and vandalise things and just commit general like petty mm. crime. Basically what I think we'd just have as we'd call them youths today. Utes, James. Not you know youths. Them, youths. Utes. It's Y U T E S. You pronounce it Utes. But I am old and proper. Oh, yes, I mean they are youths. I am definitely getting away from the young people. <laughs> mm. Um I don't know. What what was in two gangs? Is it like football? Is it like under elevens and then you like go up to like the under fourteens or something? <laughs> Mm, yeah, uh, p- pretty much. It was just kids being little shits. Yeah. 
So uh, Capone also became a member of the James Street Boys Gang during this period, which just sounds awesome. It sounds like a boy band. James Street. James boys. Street Boys. James Street Boys. You, that sounds like someone who's high for a festival. It doesn't it. <laughs> but then he ran into a man called Johnny Torrio, and this man would become his lifelong mentor, and he was associated uh, with the Five Points Gang. It's definitely pronounced Johnny Torrio. Is it? Oh, totally. That's like it's got to be Italian sounding, it? Johnny Torreo, and he definitely Torreo. does it. Yeah, he says he's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "I'm Johnny Torreo." Yeah, I get you. It's it's spelled just out of interest. If anyone's interested, T O R R I O. That totally Torreo. Torreo. We'll go with Torreo. If you are Italian, something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, America. You've got like some fascination with trying to be a nationality that you're not. I find it really weird when they're like, "I'm Irish," and it's like, I mean, you're definitely not. But well, that happened. I don't. I didn't actually write this in the episode, but I'm glad you brought this up. Al Capone's later on wife, who he was with until his death, uh, was Irish. He was an Irish immigrant. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of um, Italian versus Irish gang warfare, which we do go on to. Oh yeah, and you mentioned the Five Points, right? Yeah, he, that was who he was associated with. The Five Points is famous in Gangs of New York film, right? You know, I haven't seen that in years. It's oh, all dude. I remember about that film is it's fucking long. It's long and it's good at the same time. So it's one of those that like you're enjoying it, be like, God, this is going on for a bit. Yeah, it. <laughs> your ass goes numb. Because yeah, isn't Liam Neeson spoilers? By the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Doesn't Liam Neeson die in like the first five minutes? The first fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I, I was what? Yeah, and Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio's in it, I think. Yeah, because they got yeah they got Liam Neeson and they got Leonardo DiCaprio, and they're like, who's going to be top billing here? We don't really know. And they're like, oh, we're going to have Leonardo because of you know Titanic, and then Daniel Day yeah. just steals the show. Yeah, just, they took a punt and they probably got it right. Mm. So. Even before turning 21, Al Capone was involved in scrapes that involved him getting slashed across the face with a knife, which gave him the name Scarface. No way, was he? He was Scarface. His nickname was Scarface. No, that's so cool. I'm not sure if the film took it from that, but Capone was Scarface. I mean, it, it, it's a scary fucking name, isn't it? Yeah, it's very blunt as well. You have a scar on your face, therefore Scarface. Yeah, I'd like, call him Fatty. I like that. Like you get like Jack the Hat. <laughs> he just <Yeah>. wore a hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Jimmy the Snitch. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? I don't know. He snitched on someone once. <laughs> <laughs> Inventive. Uh, he'd also committed a murder, Al Capone, naughty boy, where he shot dead a winner of a Crabs game because he wanted the winnings for himself. Well, how old was he? Around 21. Holy shit. Yeah, he he knew what he wanted and he took it. But 21 back then is like the equivalent of being 30 now, isn't it? Yeah, you had to grow up fast, especially in New York, because New York at this point was still being built. Yeah, New York. Yeah. It it was that New York. Like now it's New York, but back then it was New York like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) much harder. And I mean, I can't imagine New York's an easy place to live in now, but it would have been much harder then. Yeah, and like New York, like more expensive than london and london's pricey mate london's fucking very expensive but yeah new, uh, new the problem with new york i've well, well, what i've heard is that it's everything's very expensive and then americans have such a big tipping culture that you just spend even more on tipping so why yeah. would you like that's what that's the good thing about london you you see the price and you're like that is the price i don't owe anyone else anything other than what 
is on there. Oh, it gets worse, uh, right? So not only do uh, Americans have like this huge tipping culture, which seriously you need to sort out, get, get your waitresses and staff paid better so they don't have to rely on tips. But also, um, if you like go to a store and you buy like, I don't know, a TV, it will say like, oh, this TV is like $150. And then underneath it has like what's the VAT or like um, uh, tax that goes on top of that, which doesn't get added on to the overall price. So you what look. F- at, you have to do maths. Yes, yeah, so you have to do maths. So you look at it and you're like, oh, it's 150 dollars. I have that, and then you come to the till and they're like, oh, it's 183. And you're like, why? And they're like, tax. What? That's absolute bollocks. In England, yeah. everything's just on the price tag. VAT included. Every, yeah, VAT and tax is all on included, but that's because in the UK we have one. Uh, rule for the whole nation whereas obviously in america you've got 50 different states having 50 different rules potentially yeah very true so well, it changes they're, they're from state to state so like you know you'll get like a i don't know a bush television for 150 dollars, but in mm. like different states it has different tax laws so it's like higher in some places and cheaper in others i think well, that's interesting weird. i get that it is very weird that's very weird indeed. But isn't it like you have to like twenty percent tip on everything is kind of customer? Yeah, I think yeah, twenty percent is like the customary thing. Yeah, fuck man, that's absolute bollocks, man. <laughs> like I'll tip. Don't get me wrong. I will tip a, tip a waiter or a waitress if they're if they're doing a good job. Like I'm not an asshole, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like you should be forced to do so. And always always leave a tip for the guy who's dishing out cards at the craps table, or if if that's what you do. Uh, I don't gamble, so I don't know. Whoever's dishing out chips. Oh, you do feel badass when you do that, to be fair. Yeah. Where if you stand up and leave the table, and you just kind of chuck a couple of chips at them. Go, Thank you. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm not, like, that. that's probably the most, like, I don't know if this is a, a mean thing, but, like, the most masculine thing I've ever heard you say. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. You feel like a god, especially when, like, I don't know, if you've got people with you, and you're like, can you get me a drink, and they can bring you over a drink. Mate, just be James Bond for a night. I like that. I like that. Maybe a casino night is on the cards. But oh, without the murder. Tonight. Without, preferably. That would, yeah. So did he get done anyway. for this murder that he'd done? Well, we'll get onto that a little bit later. Ooh. We'll, 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 it kind of gets covered. So after this, he assaulted a member of the rival gang, the White Hand Gang, which to me just sounds like Saruman's fucking army from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. He was sent to Chicago for his own safety because the White Hand Gang were after him. And where um, he met Johnny Torreo again. Torreo. He was uh he was down there running brothels. So Johnny Torreo was the kind of head honcho of Chicago, if you will. The pimp. Yeah, and, and Capone went down and joined him. And of course, we are in nineteen twenties America, so prohibition was rolled in in the Eighteenth yeah, Amendment. Yeah, yeah. Prohibition's like something we just forget about that America happened. Because it was the fucking worst decision of all time. It's crazy, isn't it? How like a whole nation decided to be like, nope, no more booze. Yeah, and everyone, the general public, were like, okay, we'll just buy it from gangsters, and the government will get zilch. Aye, yeah. Uh, so gangsters and Capone in particular could make an absolute killing selling illegal alcohol to those who desired uh, desired it. Um, going back to that, uh, what you mentioned earlier, did he get done for it? He actually evaded the law a fair few times in his life, including in 1924 when he murdered a man named Joe Howard, who had previously assaulted one of Capone's friends. There was a prosecutor called William McSwiggin, which is a fucking awesome name. I like that. He was clearly Irish. Aye. Um, he was a prosecutor and he attempted to put Capone in jail. Mm. However, all the eyewitnesses were so scared of Capone and his gang, they absolutely bottled it and just said they didn't see anything. No, mate, no, fucking hell. 
I like that. It's like in the UK. Which we, you would, though. We had that in the UK with the Cray twins. Yeah, because if you say something, you know that the Crays or Capone in this instance will go to jail, but then their fucking family will just come and beat the shit out of you. Oh, yeah, totally. Kill you, probably kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, gang warfare at this time was rife, and Toreo and Capone wanted to see themselves as the kings of Chicago. Uh, this would mean they would kill the leader of a rival gang, a man named, probably going to butch this name as well, Dion O'Banion. Nice. Dion O'Banion. O'Banion. again, O'Banion, that sounds very Irish. Uh, he owned a flower shop, which is obviously a front for something else, but he owned a flower shop. Mm. This leader of this gang, and one day, three of Capone's men entered the shop, posing as people who wanted to buy funeral flowers. One of them went up and shook Dion's hand, and after this, the other two whipped out their pistols, shot him from close range, and he died. Oh, dude! Fifteen thousand people attended his funeral. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he was a much loved man, including Toreo and Capone. They turned up. All right. <laughs> show your respect. Which is kind of a baller move. Yeah, show your respects. <laughs> Yeah. Um, however, although they had killed Dion, Dion, fuck knows, uh, he wasn't finished. Two of his associates shot Toreo in 1925. However, Toreo survived. Can't take him down that easily. Uh, unfortunately for him, however, Dion had set him up and he was later arrested for bootlegging and was sentenced to several months in prison. Mm. While in prison, he passed all of the leadership of the gang on to Capone. And after his release, he retired to Italy, where he died of a heart attack while getting a haircut in 1957. <laughs> you do not want to be that hairdresser. No, he was literally in the barber chair and had a heart attack and died. Oh, dude, because you know, you know, like generic. Uh, I have a sister who is a hairdresser, so you know, you get that generic hairdresser chat. So being like, so have you got any holidays booked? And then he's gone, <laughs> <laughs> just poop, dead. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of Toreo in '57. Mm. Obviously, we're gonna go back in time again. But that's how he met his end. So in 1926, Capone had to go into hiding for a few months because whilst attacking a rival gang, McSwiggin, the old prosecutor from earlier, was shot dead. He was out with some friends and somehow just got caught in the crossfire Mm. and ended up dying. Whether it was intentional, we don't know. But Capone, again, got off completely free. This is mad. No one could catch him. It's like mist. Yeah, he is, isn't he? It just evades everything. Maybe it's like... um, uh, bad policing or something they're just like oh fuck it they they had heavily infiltrated the police and government oh that's what it is yeah everyone's being paid off yeah there was a i think um in capone's earlier days in new york or somewhere him and his like cousins i think ran uh basically they kidnapped government officials families no just way. so they could <laughs> run the government do you know they were if they were an animated creature they would be the penguins from madagascar Hundred percent, hundred percent. Smile and wave, smile and wave. You Let people know that you're fuzzy, but we will fuck you up. <laughs> oh, I want to watch that now. Actually, I might watch that before bed. <laughs> so, this is where we get onto the St. Valentine's Day massacre, Oof. which maybe you've heard of, maybe haven't. Heard I haven't. Of. I have no idea. So, February fourteenth, nineteen twenty-nine. Capone was worth around a hundred million dollars at the time, wow. and I had to check. Because I thought $100 million in the 20s, that's that's like quite a lot. So surely that's in today's money. No, he was $100 million in 1929. Uh, he was worth about a billion in today's Jesus, money. Jesus, he was minted. Yeah. Uh, so prohibition, still ongoing. Uh, gang warfare, commonplace with gangs wanting to have all power of the alcohol and speakeasies around Chicago. Mm-hmm. So 
Disguised as policemen, members of Capone's gang entered a garage owned by George Bugs Moran, who was a associate of Dion from earlier. Yep. And also with the midland Bugs, I don't know if Bugsy Malone was based off him. Didn't look into it, maybe. Maybe, yeah, I just think he just had um, like an ant farm in his back garden. Wow. Bugs, because, you know, <laughs> they're so creative. Very specific names, yeah. Uh, and this bird, George Bugs Moran, was now Capone's bitter rival, so Capone wanted him gone. So they lined lots of unarmed bootleggers up against a wall, seven of them in fact, lined them up against a wall and just shot them dead. Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, to this day, to this very day, it remains an unsolved crime, as no evidence pointed towards Capone. However, he definitely fucking did it. Yeah, except for the fact that, what, these guys worked for his worst enemy. Yeah, (laughs) the bugs got off. He, He apparently saw the police car pull up and just dipped. No, man. So he managed to evade it. But after this, like, Capone was top dog. So even with powerful forces amassing against him, he indulged in one last bloody act of revenge. And he wanted to kill two Sicilian colleagues who he thought had betrayed him. You mentioned Sicily earlier. I did, yeah. So this, so there's a story, I'd like people always like, is it true, is it not, that Capone killed someone with a baseball bat? So the story is he believed that these colleagues had betrayed him. He invited them to his house where he gave them a beautiful meal mm. and like he wined and dined them basically and then he got a baseball bat and killed them with it. Just beat the fuck out of them until they Genius. died. Yes. I've I've heard that. Yeah. So it's probably true. Um he was a stickler for the old tradition of winding and dining traitors before executing them. Which is quite nice, give them a meal before they get their head bludgeoned That's in. A bit, um it's a bit Game of Thronesy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But I respect it. I respect it. It's like, um, uh, you watch Game of Thrones or do you not? Uh, yeah, I kind of, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, why not? Spoilers for like season, end of season three, um, where Joffrey Baratheon at his wedding, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. the Purple Wedding. Uh, so I'm not saying that more because obviously you know where I'm at. Apparently, it's inspired by like a, a true story from Scotland called like the Black Dinner, um, where like some. Uh, lord in his castle in Scotland like invited loads of people around like enemies of his uh, under like I think like a peace banner of being like you know come around let's eat bread together and all this sort of shit welcomed him into his castle and then like surrounded by the dinner table like I think everything was either like poisoned or they got killed at the dinner table and they would have died around him I mean probably as we've established on this show people do fucked up things man there's some savage stuff being done Cool though, is cool the right word? I don't know. Like it's, 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 it's pretty it's quite metal, badass. Isn't it? Yeah, badass is a good word. <laughs> it like it. I think it like comes with its own theme song. Yeah, just watching people die around you, you're just it tucking into your meal. Christ, yeah. Oh, savage. Just like we've done with like Vlad the Impaler, mm. and he just he'd like sit there and like eat his meal surrounded by people just impaled on spikes, just slowly sliding down them. Yeah, it's it's horrible, but also you kind of like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like when people blame video games for like uh, violence, and they're like, it's them damn video games. And then I saw a meme, and it was like people in the thirteen hundreds like burning people at the stake, and it's like, where were the video games then? Yeah, exactly. No one was playing Call of Duty back then, were they? Dude, there was. Do you know what? P- people in the Middle Ages were so fucking inventive at murdering people. Yeah, it. 
incredibly. Like, wasn't one right. method of torture getting a rat, putting it in a bucket, and then attaching the bucket to someone's chest, and then getting mm. a fire and putting it on the end of the bucket so that it starts yes. to really burn, and the rat will burrow through someone's chest to get out. Yeah, and obviously, you and me, having worked at a uh, famous uh, dungeon uh, attraction, like, the pear. Yeah, you shove it up their ass and just fucking open it. <laughs> you literally put a fucking, like, uh, well, it's, it's the shape of a pear. Mm. You put it, like, the, the boldest side up someone's ass. You twist a screw and it opens up like a hand. Yeah, and it just stretches their ass. I would do it in the mouth as well. Breaks all their teeth like fucking hell man who who comes up with that oh man and there's like there's like drawings from like i think it's like spanish inquisition time of like someone being hung upside down by their feet which have like been spread apart and they've got like a fucking saw and they're literally sawing down the person's body bloody hell like who thought to do that but and more importantly, I don't care who thought to do it because, you know, we can all be a bit inventive and just be like, oh, Joe, you know saw him in half. I feel bad for the people that are doing it. They'd they have to be so zoned out, didn't they? Like, at the yeah, place where I work now, that? there's this thing called a Judas Cradle, which is basically a stool, but instead of a seat, it's like a kind of a pyramid shape. It's just a solid wooden pyramid. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. sit someone on it and then put weights on their feet so they slowly <sighs> fall down. But it's, oh, it, Vlad the Impeller did it on spears so it kind of just went through. Whereas this kind of gets bigger and bigger the further you go down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, something that's really sort of gone under the radar is the amount of psychopaths that did this to people back then. That's the thing. If you were a serial killer, psychopath, whatever, in the Middle Ages, you could get gainful employment. You really could, because there were like people. There were like people who are executioners, and they're like, mm. "Oh yeah, it's a family tradition that we do." <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go lock off like, a couple of heads and stuff. You know, Dad, I, I don't really fancy joining in on the family business, but we do it about some. We've locked off heads for the last five generations. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really into dance. <laughs> no son of, no son of mine's gonna dance for a living. <laughs> you're gonna lop heads off, and you're gonna enjoy it. It's just like public executions, isn't it? Like, if they brought them back, would people actually go? Probably, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. Bit fucked. Anyway. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Where was I? So... Capone's rivals in Chicago generally were gone, and Capone was now the most notorious gangster in the U.S. of A. Yo, yo. He was dubbed public enemy number one by the FBI as well. Nice. That's always good to be on your CV. 
Yeah, he kind of liked that as well. But Capone was the first ever gangster who would always dress proper and like present himself as the man of the people. Oh, is that right? Mm. So he he kind of coined that appearance, even though he wasn't. He pretended to be like Robin Hood, but he just kept all his wealth himself. I suppose it also helps out um, with that sort of uh, working class wall of silence where people will be like, I'm not going to say anything because not only is he like fucking scary as shit, he also has looked after like my nan or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like he looked after the neighborhood that I grew up in. So I suppose it, it, it sort of instills a bit of loyalty from the people that live around the areas yeah. that he controls. It's smart. It's very smart. It's very smart. Um, however, it kind of starts going downhill from him. He was found guilty of being in contempt of court in 1929 in March. Uh, he but posted bond and was released. However, he was picked up a short while after and was found guilty of holding a concealed weapon. He served <sighs> nine months behind bars and was released for good behaviour. So, so far, in all of this time, we've had how many murders? It's like, what, five, six, seven? Fair few. And, a well, fair few. A fair, fair few has done himself and then others is orchestrated. Right. And a lot of violent outbursts. Yeah. Um, and so far, all he's spent in prison is nine months. Yeah, and he got released because he was a good boy. Brilliant. <laughs> They're like, we finally got one of the most notorious gangsters in the country. He's literally number one on our hit list, and he's been a good boy, so I'm going to let him out now. America. However, <laughs> it never really got better for him after this. Like Even the government were after him, and President Hoover himself said, under any circumstances, get Al Capone in jail. He wanted really? him gone. Yeah. Wow. So uh, a team was established to bring him down. Capone had his own team that was after him. Wow. So they were aware he was paying zero income tax on his bootlegging business, <laughs> and they wanted to get him for that, which I find quite funny. Yeah, well, they, yeah, because I suppose there's not a lot they can get him on, which I, was, I imagine is why he got away with so much for so long. Yeah, yeah so, like, but if they we'll needed proof the that he had... Stuff. They needed proof that he was... Like, because he was buying mansions and things, and they needed proof that he was earning more than he was like letting on, which he clearly was. Yeah. Uh, well, so it, that's what they wanted to catch him for. It's like um, today, like when people take cash in hand. Yeah, for sure. Which is great because then you don't have to tell the taxman. But if mm. you suddenly buy a like Aston Martin, the taxman would be like, "How have you done this?" Yeah, but it'll be your bank that like notices it. I think, isn't it? They're like, uh... yeah. Excuse me, I just want to point out, you're buying a brand spanking new car that's quite expensive, but it's it says here that you've, you make no money. Mm, yeah, uh, the, the questions will be raised, unless mm. everything's off the books, in which case, go for your life. Oh yeah, fill your boots. Um, spies would infiltrate his gang and report their findings back. One of these spies would end up dead with a bullet in his head, as always. Oh God, fucking hell, it's brutal, isn't it? Uh, Capone's bootlegging business would come crumbling down, his breweries were shut down, and millions of dollars worth of equipment was seized and destroyed. God damn. He was hauled before the court, and on March 13th, 1931, the grand jury returned an indictment or indictment against Capone, with 22 counts of tax evasion totaling over $200,000. Is that and it? Six... Yeah, I know, right? He's a fucking billionaire. <laughs> He could literally Capone. be like, yeah, I imagine him just being in court and like, uh, Capone, you owe $200,000. And it, 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 do you know what it is? It's like, it's the fucking scene from um, 
Austin Powers, and he's like, one million dollars, and they're like, ah, ha, 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 is that all you want? Yeah, he's like, yeah, fine, cool. Yeah, <laughs> have it. <laughs> you can't do nothing with that. Capone and 68 members of his gang were charged with 5,000 separate violations of the Volstead Act, which was the Prohibition Act. 5,000? Yeah, I know. The, however, the income taxes took precedence over the prohibition violations. Capone was told and was under the impression if he were to plead guilty, he'd only serve between two to five years. Mm. However, the press got wind of this and there was a massive uproar. And fearing, fearing a scandal, his guilty plea was found null and void. I always, so, find that, I always find that odd that you get a lesser sentence if you plead guilty. Yeah, you've got to own up to it. I suppose it's because you're not then putting a strain on the court, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know it there. I think it's like an acceptance of your own guilt, like you acknowledge that you did what you did. Yeah. But yeah. The court was fully aware, however, that every single member of the jury had been bribed. So <laughs> when the judge entered the courtroom, he ordered a completely new jury to be brought in who had been gathered the night before. Nice, I like that. And appa- apparently Capone was like, what? He was absolutely shocked. Checkmate, innit? It's a game of chess. Yeah, absolutely got him. On October 17th, 1931, the jury found Capone guilty of several counts of tax evasion. The judge sentenced him to 11 years in prison, $50,000 in fine, and a court cost of another $30,000, and bail was denied. Mm. Which, I'm not going to lie, he could pay there and then. It yeah. was the prison sentence he didn't like. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why they're not going to give him any bail. But even in prison, I imagine it's not going to be too hard for him. No, this is where we get onto the prison. So he initially served time in Atlanta. During his time in Atlanta, he was given a lot of special privileges due to him bribing and sweet talking the guards. <laughs> he'd have a lavish cell. He had a proper bed. He had a carpet, and wow. he had lots of cash in his cell. So he'd I'd tell the guards like, "I want this," and then he'd tip them when they give it him. That's so cool. Yeah, he, he was just living a life of luxury. However, sick of him undermining the system, things changed. Because on August of 1934, without any formal notice, Capone was placed on a secure prison railroad car and on a journey with 52 other inmates to Alcatraz Island. Oh shit, famous. Yeah, he's probably the most famous Alcatraz inmate. Mm. Although there's like another story of like one person who actually got away from it. Like actually escape because like how Al- Al- it's so interesting Alcatraz it is isn't it? it really is like apparently it's like you cannot escape from it obviously because it's an island but apparently like the the tides the around is, San yeah, Francisco is insane you can't swim it but maybe someone did I'm not sure I, I I would love to go my auntie went and she said go sooner rather than later because it's absolutely falling down really yeah but it looks fascinating and also if you're into like ghosts and shit apparently it's a hotspot oh yeah apparently it's very haunted. Yeah, but yeah, I'd love to go. I find it so interesting. But yeah, he was on his way to Alcatraz, mm. which obviously had the reputation at the time of being like one of the toughest prisons in the world. Yeah, I like the idea that the the prison system was just like <laughs> look this at dude it. Dude is fucking about. <laughs> yeah, just looking at him with his rug and everything, and they're like, his <laughs> fucking cell looks better than my apartment. You cannot do this. <laughs> so Warden Johnston would always meet the new inmates and was part of their induction. Yeah, he actually wrote a book about his time in Alcatraz, which I'm sure would be a fascinating read. Mm. And he states that when he met Capone in the lineup, he was grinning and making sarcastic remarks to the other like people in the lineup. And he immediately began hyping himself up as like the leader. He was like, "Oh, this will be fine. I've been in prison before. It'll be no problem whatsoever." And he began sweet talking the warden. 
However, he was extremely shocked that when it was his time to face the warden, the warden simply gave him his number of AZ-85 and just sent him back to the line like everyone else. Nice, nice. This guy's got balls. Yeah. So during his time in Alcatraz, every single one of Capone's requests was denied, and he was treated exactly the same as every other prisoner. Wow. (laughs) That's probably the shock of his life. Yeah, he was just a number. He would find his time at Alcatraz extremely tough because he was just the same as everyone else. He'd find himself in a fight where he was stabbed with a pair of shears and another fight saw him put in isolation for eight days and I can't imagine isolation in Alcatraz is very fun. No, you're pretty isolated already. He got stabbed with a set of shears? Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Shears are scary-looking scissors. Yeah, he's right, though. He survived. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah... The dude is Scarface. Oh, he's living up to his name. Mm, there was a, there's, I saw a picture of his cell. It's like, you know how the cell blocks look in Alcatraz? Uh, I can't say I do. Where it's kind of... You ever seen Shawshank? Uh, this is the bit where everyone is going to hate me. I haven't. No, you haven't. Okay, so it's like... It's kind of like three layers. It's hard to explain, but basically he was kind of on the middle floor. Look at the picture of Alcatraz. It's fucking... It's really interesting. I'm looking at it right now. Alcatraz cell house. So it's kind of like a long corridor with cells on either side. Yep, yep. It like it's tiered up. Yep. Yeah, he was kind of on the like the middle floor. Okay. Yeah. Just in one of the tiny cells by himself. Oh, all right. Yeah, I see we are. I can picture it all now. Yeah, that's kind of what Shawshank looks like as well. Um, he later began showing symptoms of syphilis, <laughs> which is nice, hmm. and his mind rapidly started deteriorating. During his time at Alcatraz, it said he'd see ghosts and would, like, really lose his shit. Mm. But it's kind of unconfirmed, and those are just kind of fun ghost stories that everyone likes to tell. Yeah, but also there are stories about people having been in um, isolation for too long, and they go crazy. Oh, for sure. For sure. And Alcatraz as well was the hardest prison, so Mm. people would really lose their mind. Um but there's also stories like people go now and apparently Al Capone's ghost, like you can smell cigars in his cell and stuff. Yeah, probably. Like, it's probably in like the wall Whether you paint. believe it, I don't know. It's up to you, but pretty cool to... I, I don't, he wouldn't have been being allowed a cigar, so I don't know how fucking true that would be. That's, do you know what? That is a really good point. Why did I not think of that? He was treated like every other fucking prisoner there. He did not get any special treatment while he was there. So then you get Alcatraz mm. staff, tourists, but people would be like... Oh yeah, you can smell all these fancy cigars that used to have imported. And you're like, mm, did he? <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't have bought it. But still, he lost his absolute shit in there. Mm. Uh, due to his illness of syphilis, after four and a half years at Alcatraz, he was transferred to a prison in Southern California, and after another year, was released in 1939 for good behaviour. Okay. So he overall in prison, he served about six years of his 11-year sentence. I mean, that's crazy. They were so shit hot on arresting him, and then he gets like not even 10 years. I think they realised, though, because medical reports claimed he now had the mind of a nine-year-old child. He was mentally just fucked. Um, Some say it was Alcatraz that did it, but generally, I believe it's just the health complications due to syphilis. I think syphilis, yeah, because syphilis fucks with the mind, doesn't it? The brain. Mm, Yeah. Um, Obviously, he was completely unable to reclaim his throne as head honcho because he was just a vegetable. (sighs) He retired to his... Wife with to his wife, read that wrong. With his wife to their mansion in Palm Springs, Florida, which sounds nice. Mm. Uh, he would, however, need heavily looking after for the rest of his days. And on January twenty first, nineteen forty seven, due to the complications of syphilis, 
he was to die. Dude. Huh? Yeah. However, last little bit. No, This is really interesting if you're a treasure hunter because no one knows where his fortune is, which would be worth over a billion today. Treasure hunters are still looking for it because they believe he locked it away somewhere. But either way, after paying his fine, all of his other riches vanished without a trace. Mm. Nobody knows where they went. I mean, uh, I find it really hard to believe that like his gang that he worked with have not siphoned that off into other areas. I think because it was all off the books, it would be difficult to work out where it went anyway, but a billion, a billion, well, obviously it was like 100 million at that time, but like, that can't just disappear. It must have gone somewhere. I don't think it did. I, I think I think it was redistributed. It, like, because obviously, while he's in prison, someone's got to look after the family, like the, the gang, mm. and someone's got to be in charge. So there's going to be like a, you know, the assistant boss. And then he's going to just take over and be like, right, we need to put the funds here, there, and everywhere. I'm yeah, not. but if you do want to go looking for Al Capone's treasure, we've mentioned quite a bit of treasure on this podcast, haven't we? Like, we've got um, Francis Drake's treasure as well. Is it Francis Drake's Francis Drake's treasure is in Panama somewhere, if you want to have a look for it. And yeah. it's worth a lot. I there was someone else as well. Yeah, there's lots of treasure out there. Go look for treasure. It's cool. Yeah, I want to be like Nathan Drake. Hey. <laughs> Damn it. I forget. Yeah, you're an Xbox uh, guy. Uh, Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. Oh, right, okay. Xbox scrub. Hey, you leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, that generally is Al Capone, the most famous, one of the most famous gangsters to have ever lived. I like that. But he was he was just famous because of how rich he got, really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and he's a big, big mobster, like. Yeah, and obviously the government at some point realised, wait a minute, there's a fucking entire economy being done here in terms of alcohol and we're not getting any of it oh yeah i mean that's why they're legalizing um uh is it it's marijuana in it they're legalizing in america yeah. at the moment like a lot of the states are legalizing that and apparently they're making like billions of dollars already yeah which then you can put into other industries like health industry and education oh, totally makes sense which we should do here but we'll, 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 yeah. well yeah but no it does make sense you think about it like um back in like prohibition days obviously people are still going to drink so what do they mm. do? They go to like some fuckwit who's just making it in his backyard and then selling it. But like, you've yeah. no idea what's in it. And then when like a government buys it, then you start getting rules and laws and ways that it has to be done, ways it has to be processed, ways that it has to be sold. And then you know what you're getting is a, a technically a quality product. And I suppose that would make mm. sense um, going forward with like, you know, uh, drug use, um, you know, you can buy what you like off the street from the guy that you know who was like the friend of your goldfish's dad um but you've no fucking idea realistically what you're buying whereas like if like a government then controls that economy and then yeah regulate regulates it. it you know what you're going to buy is a quality product and you yeah. know what you're getting that's the argument of legalize all drugs which when you say people are like oh, no you can't do that but the, th- the my argument is if heroin was legalized tonight, would you go out tomorrow and buy heroin? And everyone says, no, I wouldn't. And I say, well, there you go then. Anyone that wants to do heroin is doing heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that we advocate the use of heroin. 
No, please don't do heroin. <laughs> but like, if if it was all legalized, then heroin users could go to a safe place, get clean needles, get regulated drugs, mm. and get educated on the effects of it. Yeah. Instead of just going to Steve down the road who doesn't give a shit whether you live nah, or die. He couldn't give a fuck. He's just got another, however however much it is. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah. 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 Le- le- legalize some things and regulate stuff. Yeah. I, th- I, think, it, I think it's very important. Well, they joke too. about... Because they say like... Go well, on. So they joke about alcohol and they're saying if alcohol had been invented now, it would be illegal. I mean, yeah, probably. Because, you know... It, to all intents and purposes, it is a drug. Does it alter the state of the human mind? Yes, it does. Therefore, it is a drug. Yeah. And th- they do say so does if alcohol was invented now, it would be banned. It would it be an illegal thing, Alcohol leads to so many deaths, so much more than marijuana, for example. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems that we have uh, uh, an ingrained culture with alcohol, so therefore you can't get rid of it. Is, I think our culture around alcohol, specifically in England, is fucked. Like we are such heavy drinkers. Yeah, we are a nation of and drinkers. If you are, if you aren't a heavy drinker, people look down on you as if you're doing something wrong. Oh god, yeah. Which is weird, because it's like, wait, I don't want to go out and get absolutely shit faced and feel like awful, like crap tomorrow, and I'm the one who's in the yeah, wrong. Yeah, there, there definitely are two sides of the same coin. When people look at British culture, there's this like, oh, uh, royals and tea and top hats and, and and you know posh people and then realistically british culture is you know someone in newcastle yeah, bent over a fucking drain vomiting with a miniskirt on yeah yeah if you are from a different country none of us are posh literally no one and those are posh like a tories no one cares about them <laughs> yeah 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 if you want a sense of what british culture is watch the series shameless yeah or in between us or in between us, and you'll get a good sense of British culture. Yeah, we're just we're basically Americans, just a little more toned down, uh, a bit more sarcastic as well. Yeah, our humour's very dry, not as in your face. Mm, mm. Yeah, you Americans can't do sarcasm. No, they can't. Well, I've, I've, yeah, no, they can't. Well, yeah, they can, but it's just not good sarcasm. Yeah, I think they get quite offended quite easily as well. Whereas in England, like if you meet your friends, like I'm, I'm gonna have to. In fact, I'm not gonna say it because we could get banned. I don't know. You, you greet your friends with very bad words because they're your friends. How bad are the words you greet your friends with that we could get banned? I was gonna go for the c word. I think I, if I say it, I have to put the episode on like um, what's the word? I have to put like a little disclaimer on, being like it's, it's in there. I think we have to put an explicit, but do you know what? I was actually yeah. um, uh, traipsing back through some of our old episodes. I was I was um, recommending an episode to someone who's starting listening to the pod now. And they went, oh, do you have like a favourite episode? And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, my uh, Our episode that we done on Diogenes is probably my favourite like to record and I just enjoy it. Um, and then I was just casually listening to it because it was on my mind. It turns mm-hmm. out I've, I've dropped the C-bomb in that end of that episode. And did not put in like a explicit warning on it apparently not no and i forgot that i said it and i was listening through to it because i don't say it that often mm. it doesn't happen very often um and i know that my mom absolutely hates that word so she would hate to hear me say it so i'm, I'm wondering if, she, if she's like listened to that episode and i went oh did i say that wow well, yeah. i'm surprised i didn't put up explicit thing on that oh well 
Yeah. Not banned yet. But we didn't say it this episode. We went around it. But you know what I mean. If I'm greeting a friend, I'll be like, hey, what's up, you? And then I'll say that word. Mm. And I, in America, I think people would be very taken aback by that and be like, excuse me, have I done something wrong? Yeah, yeah. If I can stay on that, like, um, where I'm from in the South, you greet someone by just saying, all right, I'm not asking how you are. I'm just saying I, I acknowledge your presence. Uh, That's but- the thing. All right isn't a question. It's just, it's hello. And exactly. then people respond with, all right. Exactly. The, the if if you're if you're not from the UK and you come to the UK and you like converse with someone from the south or some from like where James is from in the Midlands down, if someone like says looks at you and says all right, the perfect response is all right. Yeah, and if someone says how are you doing, you can literally respond with yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like people in the north. They don't seem to understand this. So when they go... No, they want to chat. Exactly. So if you say to someone from the north, you all right? They go, yeah, thanks, you. And you're like, um, okay, <laughs> yep, yep, I'm fine. Mm. I wasn't asking. I remember, because when I lived in London, obviously no one speaks to anyone. You can be on a train with thousands of the people and it's deathly silent. It's wonderful. Mm. It's but then I went back to the Midlands and I think on my first day back, I went to like Boots for something and this old man walked past me and went, good morning. And it really shocked me. <laughs> You psychopath. Oh, well, what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want your biggest shoe. Leave me alone. Mm. Absolutely shocked. Mm. Yeah, especially in London. Everyone fucking hates each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, Al Capone. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was Al Capone. Oh, it took me two weeks to write and it wasn't even an hour. But, you know, we've been busy. We're working. We're working men now. Yeah, well, yeah. So um, we both have jobs now. Um, yeah, going back to work fucked me. Six months off of just sitting in my bedroom apparently has made me very unfit. <laughs> Who knew? So, not match fit. Need to get back to match fitness. Aye, we do. Um, so, James works in the day and I predominantly work evenings uh, going on to the night. So, <laughs> we're finding it difficult. We're working fine. Yeah, we're finding it difficult to now find a time where we can get together and record. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's why we took a week off because we just could not find the time to get together and record it. But we are back. Thank you for being patient and sticking with us. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed this episode coming back um, next week. Um, do we know? I do actually. Uh, next week we are talking about a lady called Catherine Knight, who is Australian. Oh, yes, I remember you saying yes. We're going to be talking about an Australian, so we're going to go to the Outback next week. Wonderful. We'll do the entire episode in Australian accents. Oh, do you know what? I'm all for it. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Yeah, why not? We'll at least start it and see how you get on. Yeah. I'll I'll get a couple of Fosters in. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> That's the only response you should have to that. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um, make sure, again, you hit us up on all the socials. You know where we are by now, surely. It's, this is episode 61, so just it's fine. You'll find us. Um, just type in that's what people do into any search bar anywhere, and maybe we'll come up. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, if you have any suggestions for something that you'd like us to talk about in the future, uh, drop us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you could spare the time, we would really appreciate if you could um, review or like uh, rate, review, all that sort of stuff on whatever medium you're listening to us on. That would really help us grow the pod and get uh, more people listening to us. And finally, 
Um, if you would ever be so kind enough to drop us a little donation, we do have a Ko-fi page. Uh, you can find us at www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. And there you can just drop uh, one-off donations. It could literally be like a pound. Um, all of it helps, goes towards the pod, so we can start you know, getting some newer things like equipment and whatnot so we can record and make yeah. better, better content for you all to listen to. So yes, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about an Australian murderer. Amazing. Mm. All right, guys. See you later. Good night. Good night.